0: Welcome to Tiger Paw Radio, the podcast that tackles all the challenges and opportunities of channel convergence. If you provide managed IT, managed print, VoIP, security, or other technology-driven services for your customers, this podcast is for you. Tiger Paw Radio, exploring channel convergence one stripe at a time. I'm your host with the most, Wes McDonald, and I'm thrilled today to bring a topic to you that is you know, about remote work and probably in some cir- circumstances that you may or may not have believed could ap- ever actually happen to somebody. So uh, today as our guest, uh, we have the uh, Senior Vice President IT Channel and Services for Collaborance. And uh, Greg, maybe you can introduce yourself uh, to our audience. Well, thanks, West,
1: for having me on. I, I really do appreciate it. Uh, Wes gave you my title. I do work with Collaborance and I also work with Great America. I kind of have a foot in both worlds. Uh, Great America is uh, and uh, a leasing company, and I work in our IT leasing group serving MSPs and VARs uh, across the uh, US and Canada. Uh, and then I work with Collaborance, which is a master managed service provider. So we are basically uh, uh, an IT company for IT companies. So I've been doing that piece for a little over three years.
0: Yeah, and as you mentioned, uh, you're also with uh, Great American, I've had the honor of actually working with you and a bunch of your colleagues for, for many, many years. And I was excited uh, to see when you guys did the Collaborance Initiative and when you moved over to that side. And I think uh, that's, you know, one of those things that for a lot of our listeners, some are going to be in IT and some are going to be in managed print. And just what a great job you guys have done, uh, making sure that you're actually being able to service, you know, sort of both of those industries, right? What I'm going to do now is kind of set the stage a little bit, right? So, you know, if if all of our listeners can imagine that you, you know, are on vacation with your family, only spend a couple of weeks and then something happens uh, that actually forces you to be there for a much, much longer time. And our guest today, Greg, has actually experienced that. And, and Greg, uh, you went uh, for a family vacation in Panama and you spent a lot more time uh, there than planned uh, thanks to the pandemic that we're all moving through. And maybe you could just take a few moments and take us through that, you know, how that happened and why that happened starting with your, you know, vacation.
1: Well, sure, West, Um, you know, those of you that that know me know that uh, our family loves to travel. And uh, it's just a passion that uh, my wife and I have and kids love it. And so uh, spring break, we were all going to Panama. And so uh, we were scheduled to leave March 12th. And what was going on in the U.S., at least at that time, uh, President Trump was closing down flights to Europe that coming Friday. And so we were kind of holding our breath, will we get out or will we not? And we were certainly wanting to get out. Uh, And fortunately we did. So my wife and I and our six children went to Panama. About three days after we got there, things uh, in Panama actually became very restrictive and they announced that they were going to be uh, ceasing all international flights uh, in two weeks. So we wow. had a we had a decision to make and, um, you know, my three older kids, you know, uh, one is in a master's program, two are in college. You know, they had jobs and they had college that they had to get back to. And so the three older children, uh, decided to just go home, you know, when they were originally scheduled to leave. And then my wife and I decided to just ride it out with, um, our three younger kids. Uh, they happen to all be boys. And so, you know, we were thinking maybe uh, about a month, and uh, you know, this will blow over from just everything you would hear on the news. Uh, but it, it it wasn't a month. We were we were down there uh, almost three months, and uh, it was it was quite a wonderful experience uh, that, that that we had down there.
0: Yeah, and this this is actually the second time I've spoken to you about it. it was it's what kind of spawned the podcast, right? And obviously, uh, people are wondering, well, how is that work related? We're going to get to that. But what really astounded me was, you know, that expression where you had such such an amazing experience there right so it's clearly made kind of a lifelong impression do you have any you know plans to go back in the near future and you know be there again
1: you know we have you know one of the the the, the bad parts about the trip is shortly after we got there it, they went into a pretty severe lockdown so we really didn't get to explore uh, much of the country and do some of the things that we wanted to do so uh, as things get better uh, we're definitely going to be getting back there sooner than later just to go uh, experience more of the country and, and just do some of those things. Um, but it also got me thinking, uh, you know, a lot of time to think down there. You know, we had no TV, <laughs> we, we, we had excellent internet, and we'll talk about that in a minute here. But, uh, you know, uh, I read 17 books on, on um, you know, uh, on a podcast or just, you know, um, wow. audio books. And, and you know, just time with your kids, time with your wife, and we started talking, and so, you know, we're actually, it, it's kind of spawned this getting a residency somewhere other than the United States for a lot of reasons, and so we're doing a lot of exploring of real estate and residency and visas and things like that in in a a handful of countries so it really did create way more of a spark for again not just travel but but possibly uh living uh somewhere else for extended periods of time
0: you know i love hearing that because you know one of the things going through this pandemic is there's so much negative news right there's so many uh bad experiences and i certainly don't want to take away from those but to hear a story where you know somebody actually had a really truly a phenomenal experience with their family Uh, in another place due to this that's you know how is that not refreshing right let's look at that for a second so you know you enjoyed yourself down there but you know let's face facts you were in lockdown in a foreign country and you are a senior executive working for a very large finance company and and technology company right so let's talk about what that looked like because my first fear when I hear of you know being anywhere that's remote and as we spoke about, I was up in a remote fishing lodge last week and we were forced to use satellite internet, right? So mm-hmm. just, just take me through, you know, when you actually had to, you know, start looking at work, how were things there when you were in lockdown? You know, what kind of tools did you have access to or not have access to?
1: Yeah, that's, that's great A question. And, you know, we had a week to practice West, you know, when we were down there just on vacation time, you know, I obviously wasn't working. But you know, I would log in to check emails and just you know keep up to speed on things. Uh, you know, had my cell phone, um, had a great international plan, so you know I think it was like twenty-five bucks a week. Had all the data that I needed, and so you know I could use my phone, the internet in the house. Uh, we we did an Airbnb, and the internet was was really good there, and you know, a big part of my job West is traveling, whether it's to customers or events. And that completely came to a standstill. So that is really what gave us the opportunity to stay. It's like a big part of how I do my work just stopped. So it was actually in so many ways West, way easier. Mm -hmm. I just had my, I had my laptop, we had solid Wi-Fi obviously uh my company has you know very sound security uh you know vpns and and just a lot of other things to protect uh you know i certainly had to call my my head of security and say uh, hey bud there's going to be this server in panama pinging you so so let me let me in and so you know was very proactive with our our internal it team just letting them know and you know it worked fantastic i think in the entire almost three months there were two times when the internet went down and one of them was on a saturday so you know i there's people here in the u.s who have you know worse luck than that and like i said the phones phones work great so you know doing facetime with the kids or my mom or dad you know people back in the states it was
0: it was just wonderful yeah it worked I was going to say, if the, uh, the internet went down here, uh, that seldom might be very pleased, right? And exactly you know, have very good internet. I'm just fascinated by that because I've never really thought about from a, a global perspective just how far technology is moving, right? So in, in the US, we kind of almost expect it, right, in certain uh, countries. The um, first time we talked and you mentioned how good the actual infrastructure was, you know, from a bandwidth perspective, uh, from being able to do remote work, to, to be able to have those kind of cell phone plans, which are extremely affordable especially from a business perspective, to continue you know, mm-hmm. to communicate, right? It's, uh, you know, it's absolutely amazing. So you, know, you mentioned one thing, uh, the lack of travel, and that's something that's affected all of us, right? So I should have been on probably, I don't know, five or six trips already since January you know, to different events and things like that. So I, I'm experiencing what you've experienced there, and so are lots of other people. It's actually, in some ways, it's been very difficult because we do so much networking um, you know, with people at these events. But I think that one of the things that I've found is that because we're all kind of in the same boat that my ability to network with contacts like you and I have done actually not been diminished as much as I thought it would be right. That because everyone's kind of going through the same thing that they're willing to network and to connect with each other in different ways. Right. So I don't know about you, but you know, I'm making so much more use of uh, video, uh, when I'm speaking with people now. Right. Are you seeing that as well? Oh, of course and you know we
1: all have heard the stories of zoom and just you know they just unbelievable growth and all these other platforms uh, at great america and collaborance we use blue jeans so again yeah. that was something that made the the panama experience you know if it, if i wasn't in panama i would have been in highlands ranch colorado where i live and so you know it's just you're you're on a computer screen so again your physical location really doesn't matter that much um, because of just uh, that. That has really made it the whole work from home as well. I think that is why companies today are rethinking. You you, yeah. hear the news West and major organizations, certainly a lot of the big tech companies on the West Coast, but uh, I believe it's Nationwide Insurance. Uh, I, I, I'm going to screw up the exact numbers, but I think they have like seven major buildings across the U.S. and I think they're only keeping two of them or something like that. I mean massive amounts of people are just going to be home and I think the video is a big piece of that. Um, I also think the sophistication around endpoint security and and just how secure things can be, now there's still bad guys out there and they're going to uh, find people who, who are not that sophisticated. And and that is a potential problem that's out there. But again, you know, and obviously I'm not going to share all secrets of what my company does to protect (laughs) us. But there's multiple authentications for me to get in. And so there are right ways to do it where you can be very safe. It's still user errors are the biggest problems, and you know, so just coaching up your employees. Don't click that thing. Send it to the help desk. Send it to your IT company just to make sure if you have any questions. Uh, Do all the multi-factor authentications.
0: But again, if you do it the right way, it really does not matter where you where you're at. Yeah, I think people are getting more comfortable with uh, multi-level authentication protocols, right? Like, you know, I certainly am. I remember when they were first introduced, I thought, oh, this is going to be so difficult, but uh, because I'm use, using mostly cloud-based applications, right? That if it finds me on a new computer, that it automatically moves me into multi-layer authentication, right? It, it wants to talk to me on my cell phone and figure out if I'm the same, you know, person. So I think the world has certainly moved along. And, you know, the other point I'll make there is that, you know, these issues with security uh, go far beyond even the network that a lot of the scams, a lot of these things that are happening in the old-fashioned way, right? By mail, by telephone, you know, these are certainly things that will never sure. disappear. And you know, on the video front, I found initially and I'd love to hear your thoughts on it, but when it, when it first happened, um, I thought it's, it's not going to be the same. I'm not going to feel comfortable, it's going to be missing something. but I found that over time, now that I've been doing this for you know two to three months, that I actually don't notice that much of a difference. Are you finding the same thing, or do you find that maybe it still is're that we're lacking in having these abilities to communicate with each other in a more you know, realistic way?
1: Yeah, I mean, you know, West. If you and I are sitting across a table from each other, there's there's certainly nonverbal cues and things that you you do pick up. I think more easily when yeah. you are face to face. To be sure, um, the the one of the things that we did realize, um, and and so. Uh, let me just give you a little perspective here. So uh, I work remote, Great America for the most part is not a remote worker company. The bulk of the people are in Cedar Rapids, Iowa. There's a handful of us who work remote. So the typical scenario of our reality has been, oh, we're all in a conference room and then a handful of people call in, but the bulk of the people are physically present. Well, if you've ever been in that situation, people talk over one another, it's hard to hear. All of a sudden, when everyone is on a screen and everyone is remote, there's no talking over each other. It's one at a time. There there seems to be a little bit more, um, actually, opportunity to give that person more of your attention than even in a face-to-face because you can so easily get distracted inside conversations. Those things are somewhat socially acceptable and you're distracted. Where, where again it was just uh, an observation that at least i've made i don't know if, if, if you've noticed that or not
0: oh i've noticed 100 you know I, I find the other thing is that you know obviously uh, you know not saying that all meetings are contentious that when you're in that room together and you're talking over each other that it it kind of i don't know if it's subliminal or if it's you know just some sub layer but you know people can get a little offended because you weren't allowed to finish and you know sometimes the mood yeah. can change in the room but I, I do find that once you get used to the cadence, I found it very difficult to get used to initially, You know, kind of waiting for people to finish and then giving you uh, a cue, right? Like you're really in video conferencing waiting for a cue from somebody that they're finished. Yep. Um, and, but once you get used to that, I found that the mood in the room generally stays very level, right? Because to your point, everyone's getting their opportunity to voice their opinion. And the next person is actually having to think about what they're going to say before they kind of jump in and, and do it, right so yeah. yeah, yeah i I totally see that, and uh, yeah. I think that's one of those side benefits of being able to do it that way because it is very difficult when you're the one person calling in, and there's ten people in you know yeah. in that room, right so yeah, yeah it's certainly changing um you, you kind of talked a little bit about what was easier. I was very surprised by the you know the cell phone and the internet access and everything else. was there anything that was that was harder than you expected it be, to be? Were there things that, you know, maybe you thought, boy, didn't expect this?
1: Uh, the only thing was just going to the grocery store. <laughs> they were, uh, we oh, were yeah? very restricted on our movements there. Uh, yeah. Females could go on Monday, Wednesday, Friday. Males could go on Tuesday, Thursday. And you could only go in a two-hour window based on the last digit in your passport. So. Really? So it was when you look at some of the countries uh, and how they handled it. Uh, unfortunately, Panama was was one of the most restrictive. Um, and and but you know we just uh, dealt with it. Not a big deal. You know, we just load up at the grocery store. Uh, that was my job. Uh, I I liked getting out. I I kind of would go stir crazy just sitting in the house. So I happily was the shopper uh and would go get groceries and load up bring it to the house but you know we had a place right on the uh right on the ocean long walks on the beach had a pool the the you know the boys just you know could go run in the waves and have fun but uh yeah it was just kind of living the the life outside of the house was was just a little restrictive but from a work perspective uh you know honestly did not miss a beat
0: Wow. Yeah. And that's interesting, those restrictions. So the, were those specifically like that's not normal Panama grocery shopping. That's just was that the. That was
1: it, the covid. Yeah, that was okay. uh, the covid crackdown. Uh, they had um, uh, they stopped alcohol sales. So um, I had to immediately um, get a little savvy and uh, had my black market connections where, <laughs> you know, I could get my wine and, uh, and some beer and some vodka or whatever I needed. So, I um, to say I'd you know, be setting up
0: a still. Wow.
1: Yeah. No, <laughs> but, you know, you just, and would that be, you know, and that really led to us just meeting a lot of the people down there, some of the neighbors, some of the people who owned some of the restaurants. And, you know, we were certainly trying to support them as they were limping along just like, you know, restaurants and, and retailers are here. And so yeah. we would really try to support them and uh, again, got to meet some really, really neat people who we certainly want to go back and, and see again.
0: Well, that's great to hear. And uh, being married to a retailer, uh, we certainly uh, enjoy sure. the support of, uh, you know, people helping uh, those local businesses, right? So you bet. yeah, for all our listeners, uh, outside of what we do for business, make sure you support your local uh, you know, business as much as you can. Well, I agree. Let's look a little bit now towards, you know, the future, right? And this is a conversation I'm having, you know, more often than not these days because we are moving through a reopening. I personally don't think we're out of the woods yet. I think we're going to have some contractions and, you know, different things are going to go on until, you know, until we finally move through this. But that being said, we are going to move through it. And looking to the, you know, the future and from these experiences you had actually, you know, um you know, living somewhere else and having to work remotely because let's face it, you know, the industries that we both serve, um, you know, uh, most managed it providers and other people in the, in the technology services space are doing things remotely anyway, right? Like when it comes to managing people's network infrastructure, you know, et cetera. Right. So when we are looking to the future and when it comes to remote work, uh, what things do you think are going to stick around like after the pandemic?
1: It, the um without question without question the distributed workforce in i t is going to happen uh it's interesting you you mentioned that you know one of our partners at great america on the i t leasing side uh he is a uh half owner of a of an m s p and he spends about nine months in panama and and i mean he runs runs a company from panama his is you know the other owner is is physically in the u s Uh, But you really don't need to have all those people in your office. Uh, You know, when I look at from a collaborance perspective, you you know, we've got, you know, a number of tier one, tier two, tier threes, they're doing fine. (laughs) They're they're productive. And even though we have a policy where, uh, you know, pre-COVID, where, you know, if you wanted to work from home a day or two a week, you certainly could do that, we found that, that really didn't get taken advantage of. And this is one of the things, you know, West, it's what are some of the potential unintended consequences? I'm wondering how company cultures are going to be affected because when I look at the culture of great America, labyrinths, it is a very tight, small teams. Even though we're 650 employees, part of our corporate structure is We create small teams and when those teams get too big we split them up because we want to keep that small company feel so you know you even think about the kind of people we hire we hire people who want to work in close proximity on a team and so that's going to be one of the tough balances here Um, it's like how can we maintain that culture if we still have a significant amount of our employees not sitting elbow to elbow next to their peer. And, and, you know, you, you know, you got to be very uh, thoughtful about those things because your corporate culture is, is your DNA and that's, that's your identity. And so you, you really, as business leaders have to be thoughtful in managing that. If you own an MSP, a copier dealership, whatever, boy, keep your eyes open and, and make sure you're talking to your employees. I, I think a new hires too, you know, we we've, we've hired people through this, uh, West. And, you know, that experience is so critical in those early days to make sure they have a a good experience. And, you know, I, I, I hope we're doing a good job. It's hard to measure because it's just too soon, right? But those are all things that, again, leaders, you have to be abundantly thoughtful about, because it's just different. Uh, Not saying good or bad, it's just different. And you gotta be very, very thoughtful in my opinion to manage your way through that. To your point, as things do open up and we get somewhat of normalcy back, what is the right question to be asking? And what is the right way to be going about this? And you know, there's a lot of different ways to do it. It just, you gotta be really thoughtful about your culture.
0: Yeah, no, I, and I think you're right. And and certainly at Tiger Paw, we had much the same experience, right? The Tiger Paw's culture, we have um, some employees, which are remote, very few. Most of the culture there, you know, at Tiger Paw has been built around uh, having a workforce that works in a very, you know, sort of focused community, uh, family style environment uh, at the office, right? And, and to that point of being thoughtful, I won't, you know, get into all the details of how we approached it. But but one of the ones that I thought was really good was, we actually wrote a blog about it, which is the first question we asked is, how are you doing, right?
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: really really asking to people how this is affecting them. Some people um, actually enjoyed the remote experience, say that they're getting more work done, et cetera. Um, I was surprised as a number of people that said, I can't wait to get back. Like, like right. when can I get back? Right? Because TigerPod did take uh, the stance of at least doing a staged reintroduction of the workforce back to the office. Uh, almost like you know governments do, right? So here's stage phase one, phase two, phase three, you know, kind of et cetera. And then that question you know weighs heavy in our mind as well is how do we get the mix right, right? You know after the you know the pandemic? And I don't think we have all the answers yet, but certainly, like you, the you know the one thing is that there it's never going to be the same, right? And as you mentioned earlier in the call that there's a lot of organizations that are really looking at it from different perspectives as well if you have seven or eight offices um, can you make do with two if you have people that are working you know from remote locations right Absolutely. and and what country is it I can't remember if it was Barbados or uh, I think it was Barbados that's actually uh, opening up work visas for uh, people to come down there and work right like to say hey look you know with this whole remote thing that's going on now and companies are starting to look at getting more of their workforce to work remotely that you know, even governments are you know, trying to set things up so that they can uh, make it easier and make it uh, more comfortable for people to work remotely, right?
1: Well, there, there are a lot of countries across the world, uh, not, not just in Central America or in the Caribbean, but all over the world who uh, they're trying to attract uh, people um, and primarily Americans, right? They, they want them to come there. Uh, there's, there are certain countries with various tax benefits um, you know, based on, you know, dollars that you agree to bring into the country. And, yep. and so, you know, there's, there's so many, uh, different angles and it's just what's important to you. You know, are you trying to, uh, do you have tax motivated reasons? Do you just have, uh, you know, lifestyle. you want to, you, you want a plan B, you know, or yep. yeah, to your point, you just want a lifestyle. And, and so, yeah, you know, there's a, it, it's been kind of my hobby, quite honestly, West for the past couple months just reading up on this and and seeing what's out there and it's it's overwhelming because uh, every country is a little bit different but it's been a lot of fun learning and uh you know who knows where this is going to go but uh you know we're 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 certainly exploring some of those options and you know i i've not specifically heard of barbados but that would not surprise me there's a a lot of uh, other islands that have some very attractive um residency options for for people
0: yeah, it's it's fascinating to me, right? So I I kind of did a MIDI version of that probably thirteen years ago, and it you know I, I've actually had James Fox, all the president of our company, up to my place. You know, I live right on Lake Erie in the summertime. It feels very much like the Caribbean, right? And it's only when people come uh, to visit me at my house, you know, the place where I live, and they're going, "Oh wow, now I get it. Now I know why you're living, you know, kind of remotely, right?" And same thing, it's still in Canada. I have great internet access. Have easy access to airports when I need them. You know, those kind of things, right? But there's a, a yeah. there, a, you know, I learned a long time ago, at least for myself personally, that I could, you know, functionally work out kind of this remote work experience and still take care of the obligations, you know, that I do professionally, the travel to the conferences, the, you know the meetings with uh, great organizations like the one you work with you know etc right so
1: well i get jealous every time i see you on facebook out fishing at like five in the morning hauling yeah. in for some 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 big old bass or <laughs> northern pike so no i i i i enjoy watching you uh with that that balance in your life i mean that west it's uh, oh, I appreciate it, that. it 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 shows and um you know i i do think this whole pandemic has caused People to to step back and take a look at what are you doing and why are you doing it, and uh, those are those are some meaningful thoughts and uh, discussions to have, you know, with yourself or with your spouse, significant other, whoever, uh, yeah. just to, to reflect on those things.
0: Moving into a post-pandemic world, if there's you know one piece of advice maybe that you give, what would that be?
1: You know, Wes, I've I've put some thought into this, and and it, the answer is really clear, at least from what I'm seeing and and what i'm trying to encourage organizations to do because of what's going on uh of course there are fewer deals happening right there's just not many sales happening uh we have some partners who are who are closing some deals but for all the reasons that are obvious not a lot of deals are happening but people have used that as an excuse to just stop marketing and stop selling and stop prospecting mm-hmm. that is a monstrous mistake in my opinion i think now because you have really more time on your hands you should be doubling down on your marketing you should be doubling down on your sales calls and getting more and more uh, new logos into your funnel into your database get the trickle campaigns going because to your point we're going to be coming out of this And you want to make sure you are locked and loaded with companies who are pre-qualified. You know, you, you've got the uh, first assessments planned, you know, they're on the calendar because if you're going to start to get doing that process, when things open up, it to be a few months before you can even get maybe that first appointment or even get some of these, you know, new customers on board. And, and I, believe me, there's, there's, there's somebody, uh, Hannah Erb from, uh, o- O'Donnell, she's her married name, Hannah O'Donnell, she did an interview with an MSP out of Baltimore. And it's amazing to hear the things they're doing today, uh, pounding the phones, doing the marketing. He's like, we just want to be ready. And that, to me, is the one thing you can do. Of course, you can work on efficiencies. You know, your techs are going to have a little downtime. You know, work on writing those scripts that are going you know, to make your RMM work better and, and quiet some of the tickets down. Of course, do some of those things. That's going to make you more efficient. But nothing is going to help you survive more than fresh labels, new sales. So just get out there and get after it.
0: Yeah, you know, we are producing more podcasts, more blogs, more downloadable content. Uh, Our sales force is more aggressive than they've ever been because to your point, you know, I hate to always use a fishing analogy, but it's what I know best outside of work is that, you know, when, when the fishing, uh, when the bite is uh, off, as they say, you know, real fishermen um, will uh, move to other holes that they'll keep going, right? That they don't just say, well, there's nothing here. I'm going back. And that from a marketing and sales perspective now more than ever, I completely agree. (laughs) We, Have to do more work, and to your point, we're not going to get as many deals. Uh, but I'll tell you what: this is not the time to you know to put on the brakes and say we'll no. just we'll just wait till things uh, you know get better. Because those smart competitors, that's not how they're thinking. They're doing exactly what you're saying, which is nope. Now is the time to turn up the gas, right? Yeah, uh, absolutely. Yeah, and there are deals to be had now because again, oh, think sure. about it: there are companies who are making
1: strategic different decisions because of this pandemic and boy you want to be sitting at the table to help them navigate that so you know there there's there are silver linings to to any obstacle right and so you've just got to change your 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 mindset and okay this is a bad thing guess what we're all having to deal with it it's going to be the ones who say how do i you know turn these lemons into lemonade, looking for those kinds of opportunities, keeping the sales funnel going, and, and they will survive. And, and, yeah. and not just that, but thrive over time.
0: Well, and I hate to use uh, book references, but uh, have you read uh, Who Moved My Cheese? It's such a classic little book, right? Like mm-hmm. it, it just, you know, the whole story of the the one mouse is complaining about the fact that, yep. you know, somebody moved his cheese and, you know, the other one had a very simple you know solution. Well, I'm just going to go look around and see if I can't find some new cheese. <laughs> so you know, that's kind of where we're at, right? So you know, for our listeners, if you've never read Who Moved My Cheese, it's a phenomenal yeah. tiny little book, which I think everyone that is looking at, you know, sales or business development or, or marketing should read, right? It's just filled with great little truths. Hey, uh, Greg, I cannot thank you enough for doing this interview. I was so excited when, you know, I heard you were back and had an opportunity to catch up with you on your adventures. Uh, in Panama and you know especially it's just what a good experience it was even from a work perspective uh, to be able to share that with our listeners to let them know that no matter what happens if it's a lockdown you know because you're stuck in another country if it's a lockdown because your industry is changing or if it's a lockdown for you know any other number of reasons that come into our lives that there's opportunities there and we just have to look for them uh, seek them out and making sure we're taking full advantage of them so yeah, great work and uh, great catching up and I uh, can't wait to talk to you more as we move through this.
1: Well, thank you so much, West, as always. Uh, your friendship means a lot to me. We've known each other for a number of years and obviously all the just the great work that you uh, and the whole team over at Tiger Paw do. Uh, you're just you know, a, a big plus to the channel as a whole. So thank you for everything.
0: Well, right back at you. I feel so blessed to have you in my circle. And for all of our listeners as well, uh, you know, right back at you, thank you very much for being with us today, continuing to listen to Tiger Paw Radio, uh, to continuing to contributing to our industry. And until next time, that concludes another episode of Tiger Paw Radio. And so we come to the end of another exciting episode of Tiger Paw Radio. If you'd like to listen to more, please be sure to visit www.tigerpaw.com podcasts. You can also subscribe through your favorite podcast platforms to be sure you never miss another episode. And until next time, keep learning, keep growing, and keep that inner tiger strong.